Hello and welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our Brood Minds podcast. Today we have our special guest, Yilda Corpella. <laughs> She's a good friend of mine. We go way back high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super excited to get to interview Yilda. And, you know, I know some of her, I know her story, but, you know, her story is very inspiring. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast so she can inspire the younger generation and yeah i'm really excited to to do this today thank <laughs> welcome you so- Yilda. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for having me i i appreciate it well where to start um as you guys know my name is yilda i was i'm raised in santa maria i was born in oaxaca mexico and i have five other siblings and um I moved to the United States when I turned eight years old. And since then, it's it's just been a struggle with education, especially that that language barrier. But um, I made it and now I'm pursuing a higher education. And and I'm just so proud of myself for all the accomplishments. And um, so I, in elementary school, I went to Alvin School. A lot of you may be familiar with that school. And then I went to Bessler. And then high school, I went to Santa Maria High, where I I met you. (laughs) And we did soccer (laughs) together. Um, After high school, I um, went to UC Davis and majored in biochemistry and molecular biology. That's crazy. That that just sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, Real quick. uh I want to ask, so... You had five uh, siblings? Yes, five so siblings. of those five, what were you, like, in the middle? I was older? the baby. You were the baby. The, the last one, yeah. So my my older siblings didn't get to go to school. My two older sisters just um, went to third grade and then stopped because they had to help my parents financially. So they started working at a very young age. And then my oldest brother, he went to high school but then after that he stopped because he had to work to support the younger ones so out of all of us I was the only one to go to college and pursue a higher education and I own it to my older siblings because they had to sacrifice you know their their schooling for mine and to this day I'm I'm so grateful for them otherwise I don't think I would be here today you know but yeah that's honestly super amazing that's you know like I, I feel like we all um have that one family member that like has to sacrifice mm-hmm. everything yeah. for the younger ones to you know be successful or to pursue their dreams and uh, you know I'm happy that that you had that support yeah. and yeah. and that you acknowledge that your family you know is like the main reason and and the main people that assisted you in pursuing your dreams yeah it's true and same with my parents they didn't really get to go to school they I believe my mom and dad stopped at first grade first or second grade Mm -hmm. and for the same reason they had Mm -hmm. so many siblings and they were one of the oldest ones that they had to sacrifice their education Mm -hmm. to help out their parents and provide for the younger ones so you know I feel like it's it's been tough in that sense, because my parents don't understand the education system and my older siblings don't either, you know. So here I am, the first one in the family trying to 
just further education, better ourselves. And it, it's been it's been challenging, but you know you just have to push through. Yeah, and break that that generational curse, or you know, like mm-hmm. just break those chains, and you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it took me ten years to graduate, no, thirteen years to graduate, like. From the first time I stepped into college mm-hmm. to when I'm going to graduate with my master's. Yeah. That whole process is 13 years. Yeah. And when you tell like my parents who also didn't get to go to college, that's like, why aren't you a doctor yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, doctor in their mind, when they see like TV shows mm-hmm. or when they see things, it's like, oh, a doctor takes 13 years, like the full education. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not that way for everyone. Right. 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 So like we all have our own paths that we take. Yeah. And where we start in our college, we take some time off. Or, yeah. And like, no, this took me that long to get my degree and my degree is in engineering. So, yeah. but everyone is different and everyone has their own journey to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, after, after high school, I went to UC Davis and did five years. Typically it's like a four year program. But it took me five years because I was struggling in, in my classes. And and that's because I think I went into UC Davis very immature. I did not know how to study. I did not have time management. And I feel like if I had someone who, you know, took their time and taught me about how to do all of those, I think I would have done so much better in school. For the first two years, I got C's in my classes because I didn't know how to study. You know, and it was my first time being on my own without my parents. So I had all this time, you know, just <laughs> to, hang, <laughs> yes, to hang out with my friends. And I kind of put like studying on the side and I didn't really understand how much it would hurt me in the future. Now, looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have done better. I wish I could have focused better. Mm-hmm. But it's because they don't teach you these things. You mm-hmm. have to. You just have to like find it out on your own. I Unless if you have someone there who's constantly teaching you what to do how you should study but as a first generation student we don't have that we don't have parents who went to college or or siblings you know who can help you with that Mm -hmm. so I had it was a lot of trial and error but um yeah it took me five years and towards the end of my my last two years I did so much better because I I knew how to study I I knew what it took to concentrate and all of that really helped me in my classes. And I started getting B's and A's and these are upper division science classes. So it's a lot of work and it's more challenging stuff. And I did so much better in them because, you know, all that distraction was gone. I had my priorities straight. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's when, that's when I realized, you know, like we need more people to tell us that you don't have to go to a four year straight out of high school. You can go to community college because there you can establish like a, a good study habits and you can bring that to a four year and you'll do so much better. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and it's okay to go to community college, go there for two years, learn how to study, learn how to focus, really commit yourself to your studying. And once you go to a four year, you're going to do so much better. Yes. And yeah. yeah, because, oh my gosh, when I was there the first two years, oh I was taking like 17 units. You're I was taking so calculus, <laughs> science. UC Davis but, is a quarter system, right? Yeah, it's a quarter oh system. Oh, my gosh. I was <laughs> drowning. I know. Nobody told me. Nobody Wait, told me. Hey. Your counselor, like when you signed up for classes, she just like, okay, 
70 units? Yeah. They, they have like a schedule for you to graduate like four oh, years. Uh-huh. And some of them require that you take extra classes so you can meet that four year oh, timeline. And, and I did. And oh my gosh, I passed them all, but with C's. I know, I know. And I was like, why didn't someone tell me about this? And I think this is my second quarter, my second quarter as a freshman. And it was, it was bad. Yeah, I think it's such a shock when you go into like a university, especially for uh, like first generation that doesn't have as much information out there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I find like difficult or would have found difficult if I were to go to like straight from high school to four years is like, how do you know what you want to do? Exactly. Because I spent my time at community college. Like, I think I took every science class possible. (laughs) I took every biology, every chemistry, every math, every engineering, computer science. And it took me just forever to find something that I liked. Yeah. And I feel like that would be such a burden or such a pressure as someone going into a Uh four-year saying 17 year old going into a four-year exactly and then like oh you need to pick the major for the rest of Uh, your life yeah yeah (laughs) that's 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 intense right and when you're applying from high school to university you have to choose a major then Mm -hmm. so you have no idea what these majors are i know i wanted to do something science and all i saw there was like science related was like biochemistry and i was like Okay, let's do biochemistry. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and I think it would be nice if in high school someone came to talk to you and they had like um like different rep- re- um people representing majors. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking, telling um telling you a little bit more about what they're doing, what they're studying. I think that could have helped. Yeah, and I feel like our community lacks a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you compare yourself to other students, you know, in, in the same major, they came from these nice high schools that offered Calc 2, Calc 3. You know, when I was in college, I met someone that was, I think she, she was in her sophomore year. Mm-hmm. She had finished all her math in uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. That's why she was so, like, advanced in, like, wow. in, like her, her her path yeah. in graduating. Yeah. And and then you compare someone, say, from here. Yeah. There's no way you can do calculus for, yep. or, you know, no. in high school. And, like, the lack of resources are, are, you know, pretty messed up, I, yeah. I think. So yeah. that's definitely something we, we have as a disadvantage. Yeah. You know, but that's true. we need to change that. We need we to do. be able to, you know, the, those that made it help our community. To, like, <laughs> inform them. Because, yeah, I think, I think it's like, oh, what do you want to do, engineer? But there's, like... Once you get into college, you're like, which type of engineering? There's so much. Mm -hmm. And then even from like the biology side, it's like, oh, I want to go into biology. That's even bigger. There's Mm -hmm. even more fields. Right. And it's like that. That seems it was pretty tough to be able to pick something that you want to do. Yeah. So like that was that your major going into it? Like that's what you decided and declared. And then did you end up like, oh, this was a good choice? Or was there some like maybe I should do some other like branch of well, biology. because I knew there was like so many courses involving like biology within that um, degree, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick to it and see all of these courses that I'm taking, see if I like one of them, if I like one of them, then I might expand on that one. And I got to learn about just biology, how our body works, you know, how all the little molecules in our bodies. And that was awesome. And I did have a counselor telling me, you know, hey, you may consider switching majors because you're not doing so well. 
And I don't know. I think that really upset me. I was like, you think I can't do this because my grades are so poor? That's not because I can't. It's just because I don't know how to study. You know, it was my first two years. I don't know how to study. I'm just building this. So I think that made me stick to it. I was like, you know what? I can do this. It's a hard major. But if I put myself into it, I can. And since then, I started to do better, better, better. And I started liking it more and more. So I stick to it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm really looking into doing more like lab work now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm currently currently applying to a, a clinical laboratory scientist program. And what we do is pretty much work with the pathologists at like hospitals or to diagnose a patient. But we do more like the lab work. We, we look at the cells, try to help the provider diagnose a patient. You know, they make us... Um, run labs to diagnose the patients. And I, and I think that's why it, it came from biochemistry, you know, just learning all about the cells. And then after, after I graduated, I went to work at a pathology lab for three years. And I got to see this different side of healthcare that I had no idea existed. When I thought about healthcare, it was always patient care, you know, patient interaction. But then there's pathology. How do you diagnose a patient? You know, it takes a whole team of lab techs who do all the lab work for a pathologist to diagnose, you know, what's wrong with the patient. And then that's when I did not know that existed. And after working there, I was like, wow, I think this is so cool. I may want to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I I worked there for three years and then I moved on to patient care because I still wasn't sure. You know, I was like, well, you know, I haven't really done a lot of patient interaction. Maybe I should I should scribe for a little bit and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a I'm a scribe at a spine and an orthopedic center, and we have a lot of patient interaction. But we see so many patients, like thirty patients a day per provider. And oh man, that's that's a lot. a lot. That's a lot of interaction. <laughs> yeah, with thirty different patients. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to figure out if I want to do more patient interaction. But from my experience at, at, as a scribe, I don't think I really want to do that anymore mm-hmm. just because it's really exhausting. And you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of patients and you're not giving them enough time, I think. I, I, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep your your emotions separate? Like in terms of like when you have to di- uh, give bad news or like because I, I don't know on tv I see a lot of doctors that like you know like keep a really serious face and and you know like Grey's Anatomy yeah <laughs> um, they like so they they say like oh don't 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 be emotional mm-hmm. or don't show emotions when you give like a bad news or, or mm, you know yeah how, how do you cope with that or how do you deal with that so with us we see a lot of like pain management a lot of people with pain mm-hmm. so it's not from our practice you know it's not like they're coming like oh I am having a lot of pain and crying it's mostly like families I guess mm-hmm. sometimes it's just patients just want to talk to someone so they share with us like family experiences my husband died you know my daughter died and that's really emotional mm-hmm. especially because I have a son mm-hmm. and and I put my pl- myself into their shoes and I'm like oh gosh that really hits and they start crying mm-hmm. and I mean I just go and just hug them oh, I man. do I, I I get emotional too and I'm like you know what it's fine. We're all humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get, you know, it's like, I don't understand your pain, but I do have a son and it would hurt me so much. So I, I do get personal with them. Sometimes I like hug them, you know, I try to just listen to them. Mm-hmm. 
but it gets to you sometimes, even though you don't want it to. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. Let me step out. I'll be right back in. Oh, you know, yeah. but sometimes there's just, it's just emotions, feelings, and, and it gets to me sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So what makes you feel passionate about this field you're in or, mm-hmm. or what about it is it that you the, the most rewarding part yes. of it the most rewarding part of it of like the patient care or wanting to go to wanting to continue pursuing the medical field yeah the healthcare. i guess i i don't know i just really i guess just liking what i did at the lab mm-hmm. you know i i really just liked really doing the the lab work right and then giving the information to the the doctor and they made a a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. You know, I think just doing all of that made me really want to go um, further with this um, career. So it's just being able to assist the the doctor and helping them diagnose because someone's waiting on those lab results. Someone's waiting to see what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm not seeing the patient directly, I know I'm making a difference because I, I, you know, I was in their shoes. You know, we wanted results immediately to see what's going on with the family member. And, and I think having that, that perspective really makes me want to do this even more. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping I can get into this program, the CLS program, and then work directly with a pathologist because I eventually want to be a pathologist, you know, and right now I'm, I'm just wanting to explore my options. So I did lab work. I want to do patient care. I went to patient care and I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't what I want. So now I'm going back to lab work and doing, having like a higher precision, working closer to a pathologist to see if this is what I really want. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm just so grateful to be in this situation because I'm exploring my options now, especially if, if we want to go to med school. It's like, you can go to med school and then figure out what you want to do there. But I feel like you're just you have very little time to explore what you want to do when you're in med school. So you're always studying, you're going to rotations. And, and I think, and, and I think that that's why I, it's a good thing right now because I'm exploring my options before I go to med school. Cause then I have an idea of what I want to do, you know? So you mentioned like you want to try, di- like trying different areas, working directly with the patients. Uh, this is interesting. Cause, um, for me at least, because mm-hmm. you're working on like more of the, I guess, human side mm-hmm. of uh, like STEM. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm coming from the engineering side. So it's very disconnected from mm-hmm. people. Like we mm-hmm. have n- very little care for people. Yeah. It's like what? all about, <laughs> it's all about whatever we're designing at that moment. Yeah. And uh, no, seeing it. like there's an actual connection to a human. Yeah. And we is... have this argument because I'm in construction. So like not oh. everything designed is going to work, you know? Right. right. Yeah. So we're very disconnected from yeah. that. We are very like hard numbers and trying to hit like certain requirements and it's it's interesting seeing that perspective mm-hmm. and that there's different things or different like right working in the lab or working with a person mm-hmm. um and having to like try out each one right how long like do you give each experience or each like mm-hmm. work experience because i know like same thing in our field kind mm-hmm. of is you try out this like certain branch and then you see yeah it's okay and then you go to another branch like 
what what's that thing that makes you click? I was like, I'm, okay, I think I'm done here and I want to try mm. something else. I would say like a year experience, really. Because I feel like in the first few months, you're still so nervous about going to work because you're still learning. So There's so much to learn. And that's how it was with me at the lab and even at the at the clinic. You know, it, it took me like seven months to really understand what I was doing. And I'm still learning. But now it's like... I, I know that we have to see like 30 patients max a day and, and, and it's consistent. That's been consistent. I got hired and just seeing how little time they get. And, you know, and I think that made me feel like, you know what? I don't want to be that doctor who cuts off patients who leaves the room because I have to go see another patient without telling them. And I've seen this a lot and I was like, okay, I don't think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And it took me the same amount at, at the lab too. It took me like a year to really understand what I was doing. And after that, I could just do it on my own. You know, I didn't need guidance as much and, and, and I liked it. And I, I, and I, I was there for three years and I, and I really enjoyed it. And then here at the clinic, I'm like, you know what? I think it's time. And that's why I applied to that program, the CLS program. And now I'm just waiting to hear back from them if I got in or not. But yeah, I mean, it takes about a year. But you know, it's nice working at different places because you get to interact with so many different personalities, your coworkers, and it just helps you be a better person just seeing what people are like, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that too, because I feel like I talk to my husband about this sometimes. I'm like, you know, this person is really stressing me out. This person is, you know, is pissing me off. Well, how do I deal with that? And I'm learning to deal with it now. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to talk to doctors now. And even if they're upset with me, you know, I'm able to communicate, you know, I'm sorry, I did something wrong. And I was telling Andy and my husband, I was like, what if what if I was in this situation in med school, and it would just break me because I've never dealt with people like that. But now I'm dealing with people. Now I know how to handle it. I know how to deal with it. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's preparing me for the future, and I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, personal inner interpersonal skills are are not taught in school. Mm-hmm. Those you mm-hmm. learn on the job yep. and like internships and you know, like just working with so many different kinds of like personalities. Uh, over time, you learn to not take that personal mm-hmm. because you know, it, like you try. I try to keep work at work, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's very hard that like it gets. It gets to me, so mm-hmm. I understand you. Like right. I come home frustrated, and and you know I yeah. just just ball out. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you've seen that. He's seen that because like I started a new job, so like it's a lot more stressful than mm-hmm. my previous job. But if you don't, if you if you keep taking all this personal, it's just gonna like eat you up, you right. know. Right. So we we it's definitely a learning process i think mm-hmm. um, like build building building thick skin yeah you know yep. so yep that's something yeah and i would agree there's like so much that we learn outside of school mm-hmm. that like and it's not even that it's like related to what we're studying it's just that personal skills and interacting with people mm-hmm. is <laughs> it's like probably the most challenging part right right because in the end of the day like you're working with that person so there has to be some type of relationship yeah for eight hours or plus eight hours plus yeah Yeah. so there has to be something there right so Mm -hmm. yeah that's something that i guess you learn that by working with students yeah other students but and then that you can just go to another group, right? right? Yeah. Here, you, you, there's no other group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you either, either you stick there or you quit, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's why it's important to 
try something else. Mm-hmm. You know, explore. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to learn. If you don't like something, move on. Don't stick there. Yeah. That, that's one thing that. Yeah. Did you ever have that pressure where you felt like you couldn't move on? Hmm. Or did you always feel like? I guess I, I did because I have a son and I felt like, well, what if, what if I have to travel to work? Because I was applying out of Santa Maria and I felt like, no, maybe I can't do that because I have a son. I have to take care of him. You know, my because at the lab when I was working there, I was working from one thirty to 10. So when I was 10 applying PM? 10 p.m. Yeah. So it was a, like a night shift. And then so w- that that worked out fine because my husband was taking online classes. He was at home with the baby. But then I was going to take on a regular 8 to 5, 8 to 4 p.m. schedule. And I felt like I couldn't do it. I was like, no, I can't because, you know, I have my son who's going to watch in there. We're going to need daycare. And daycare is a whole different story. It's super expensive. Anyway, I felt like I couldn't do it. But I applied. I got I got an acceptance, you know, they, they wanted me to work there and we just had to make it work mm-hmm. and, and, and we just made it work. And, and that's what really happens. It's like, just do it because it's, everything's going to work out fine. You guys are going to make it work. And I know it sounds stressful. You guys are going to have to pay daycare, but we made it work. I think that was the only thing. Having a child makes it so much harder because now you have to think about their schedule. It's like, how is that going to conflict my schedule? And my husband is a full-time student. So but but we made it work. So that was the only the only thing. Having a child makes things a little bit harder, but you can still do it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've told you this already, but props to you, oh, Yelda. You. Like being a mom, a full-time mom, yeah. a full-time student mm-hmm. and having a full-time job that I I don't know how you do it, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> I but don't like oh man, you should feel proud of yourself though. That's Thank freaking you. amazing. Thank like you. I was telling Sam, I was like, I don't know, I don't know how she, she does it. I can I could barely do it on my own, you know. Like I only and we only have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you just make it work. It doesn't matter what comes at you. I feel like we are so resilient. Yes. We just make it work. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes at you, you just push through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it's been my entire life, even with school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I do have another question. How mm-hmm. how do you when you realize that your job is not challenging you challenge challenging I can't pronounce that word. Challenging you <laughs> enough. Um do you do you um just settle for that or sorry, have you just settled for that or do you request for more challenging opportunities or Yeah. Um at my lab the lab where I was working, I after a year, I was like, you know what? I can do this without anyone telling me what to do. It's it's a routine now. Mm-hmm. I did ask for more, so I started helping out the CLS that works there. So we we're doing more like a, a flow. A flow. I was working at the flow cytometer department. What is that? Flow cytometer <laughs> is it's a uh, pretty much a, a machine where you uh, you can run bone marrow samples, blood samples, and and just see what kind of white blood cells are present in in the person's body, and and which which cell is co- um, why do they have so much of that cell? Mm-hmm. And from there, you can diagnose the patient based on that. Maybe the body's making too much of this cell or of that cell. So that's when the pathologist comes in. It's like, oh, they have leukemia. They have hairy cell leukemia or something like that. 
So I was doing more of the lab work where we got the bone marrow, the blood sample, and I would run it through the machine. And then the machine spits out some data. And then the the CLS, she she's able to um, organize it on a spreadsheet and she provides the information, all the data to the pathologist. And from there, the pathologist makes the diagnosis. So I did something else. I was working in pathology before. It was just like cutting little pieces of skin to figure out what kind of cancer the patient has. And then I moved on to doing blood work, you know, working with the CLS closer. And that's what that's what also like made me think, like, you know what, I, I probably want to do this. It's cool. You know, so I, I did ask for more. I was like, okay, I'm, I think I can do this now. It's routine now. I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to me. So and I was so nervous at first. I feel like with everything, when you start it, you get so nervous. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. But then once you start doing it, it's like, wow, this is so cool. I'm doing this, you know. So I think just ask. If, if, if you're, if you think you're you're bored with something, just ask for more and, and they'll help you out. And and from that, I'm just doing that. I, I got a good letter of rec for, for my CLS program, you know, because I worked directly with one and I helped her out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was because you took the initiative to, to mm-hmm. ask, right? Yep, yep. Do you feel like that's something that, that's also something we don't really talk about or learn is like, we just think work's going to come our way. Yeah. But really, I think like the fastest way to progress your career, to progress your learning is just to ask yep. and just, you know, ask for more work or ask for, even ask for help if you need the help at times. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't ask for help, then you're in like situations where you struggling when people are there to help you. Right. So I think having that voice and mm-hmm. asking and talking to whoever it is at work or at school is something that we have to just even if we're prideful, just oh, kind yeah. of put that to the side and I either agree. ask for more work or just ask for help. Yeah. I, I, I've done that with school. I, I remember at first as a freshman, I was like, why does, why do they keep asking questions? You know, I thought I, <laughs> I was judging people for asking <laughs> questions. I was like, why are they asking yeah. questions? Do they not get it? I don't get it either, but you don't have to ask questions. <laughs> this is me <laughs> as a freshman. And, you know, now, as I started to progress, in college, I was like, you know what? You need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. To under- it's okay if you don't get it. Just ask questions. They'll help you out. Mm-hmm. But I was like that. I was I was so ignorant. I was like, don't ask questions. That's such a waste of time. But you need to. In mm-hmm. school, even at your job, even if you feel dumb for asking it, that's how I used to feel, especially working at the clinic, because you have to go in with the doctors and, and take physical exams. So you have to type everything the doctor says. Mm-hmm. And, and I was so hesitant to ask the doctor to repeat it. And I was like, um, I, I just didn't want to do it, but I was like, this is messing up the patient's chart. I just need to, you know, ask. Mm-hmm. And then I would just ask him to say it again, even if he had it repeated three times. Can you say that again? Again, please. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's okay. It's okay to ask questions and that makes you better. You know, just admitting that you need help. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs help. You just have to ask and don't feel ashamed for doing it. Because that's how I would feel. It's like, oh, he probably thinks I'm really slow or something. But just ask. Yeah, I think that's one thing that a lot of um, for, uh, people struggle with mm-hmm. at the beginning of a new job. And I can also agree to that. That like For me, it, it was hard at first. But I was like, you know what? If I want to be a good like engineer or like, project manager eventually, I need a learn to ask questions yeah. i need to ask questions even if they sound silly 
you know, like, how are you going to learn if you don't ask? And like, if you don't do it the right way, you're, it's just going to carry on. And, you know, mm -hmm. so definitely asking questions, learning to how to ask for help when it needed is something that, that everyone should learn to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just waiting on that program now. And then if I get in, mm -hmm. oh, it's gonna be so great. What What would be the next step to that? If, so if, you get in? if I get in, I would, it's a whole year program. So I do my um, clinicals in at Marion. Mm -hmm. And then I, I take classes, online classes, because it's through the San Jose uh, State University. And um, so it would be online classes and then working 32 hours at Marion, but they give you a stipend, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that will cover some food expenses. And then after that, I get hired, hopefully get hired by Marion. Mm -hmm. And then I just work with them, work with the pathologist and, and then start exploring that field more Yeah, and see if I like that, move on with pathology. And, and is that what you would apply for in medical school? Yes. Oh, so I, I would, I would go into med school for pathology mm -hmm. And yeah, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But I was also telling Annie, you know, I'm just going to explore also the CLS, see how it is. I might end up wanting to do research. I don't know. You know, I might like the cell so much specific kind of cells that I might want to ex explore it more and do maybe a master's or or PhD or something. So, oh, so I, <laughs> so I'm just exploring my my options, and I think it's it's great that I have this opportunity to do it. A lot of people don't have it, and you know, I'm just grateful that I do. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any other questions? No, I think as we wrap this up, I think the final thing that we like to ask is like any advice that you would have for someone either out of high school or just trying to figure out what they want to do. What would you say? Like some your biggest advice was it would be to ask questions really just go to anyone it doesn't matter who you go to just ask maybe some professors some some teachers ask them what they do what they're doing and if they have like um i believe when we were in high school they had the fairs mm -hmm. the college fairs go to those go to those and ask ask the reps there what's their major what do they do what what, what um and just really go to everyone and ask them what they do. And if you have questions, ask them, especially because they're in college. They know the classes they're taking. And, you know, um, also just ask your professors for help in your studying. If you don't know how to study for a certain thing, mm -hmm. just ask them, what can help me get a better grade in here? What should I do? And go to office hours. Oh, my gosh. That was a big thing when I was in college. So my first two years, I didn't do it. But after that, I would go to office hours, sit with the professor, talk to them, help you understand it. Just ask for help. Everyone, there's a lot of people there who will will help you out, and a few who would be like, oh, you know what, this is a waste of time. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. But just ignore those people. Mm -hmm. You just keep going. You keep asking. You have to do it for yourself. Otherwise, no one else is going to do it for you. You know, you have to go out and get it yourself. Especially if you're first generation, you don't have anyone else helping you out there. Reach out to us, to me, to yes. Esther, Ricardo. <laughs> yes, um, I'll, I'll provide your information. Yeah. And, you know, definitely the purpose of this podcast, as I mentioned, you know, we want to promote higher education and offer those resources that some of us didn't have, like, you know, in the process of high school through college. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we want to be able to give back to our community right. that, like, 
lacks all these things, you know. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> um, I guess one last question I have is what is something that you wish you would have known before going into college? Mm -hmm. The biggest one, I think. I, I I don't know if there's a lot of people out there, but when I when I um went to college, I knew I wanted to go to med school, but nobody told me that you don't have to major in a biology, you don't have to have a biology major, anything in in biochemistry, you can go into med school with a history degree, English degree, you just need to have some meet some of the course requirements that involve some biology classes, but it's not that much. So if someone would have told me that, I think I would have, my GPA for my undergrad would have been so much better. Mm -hmm. And I could have applied right after, you know, to go to um, to med school. But I, I, I didn't know that we didn't have to have a science major to go into med school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my peers, first gen peers who want to go to med school, who wanted to go to med school back when we were in undergrad, that was the same issue with them. They they wish they knew that they didn't have to major in biology. Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a big thing. We didn't know about that until we were like a fourth year. We're like, oh no way, yeah, oh man, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. We like, and and I remember talking to a close friend of mine. He was like, I wish someone told us that. I wish someone told us that you don't have to do a biology major to go into med school. You can do it with a history major. Mm -hmm. that's like a big misconception about yeah. like uh going into medical school mm -hmm. i think like i feel like i i even thought like you had to right get some sort of degree in biology uh -huh. or you know yeah and i only heard of that actually heard of that not too long ago too i always thought it was that mm -hmm. way too but i think it's the misconception because a lot of the coursework aligns with biology majors mm -hmm. so you don't have to take classes outside of your right it's just there but no, it would make total sense because it's a lot of stuff to take on as a freshman. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that would be one thing. Mm -hmm. well, thank you, yeah. Yilda. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I really like this. So if anyone has any questions, just I'll give Esther my email and you guys can shoot me an email. We're here for you guys. Yes, yes. Like Gilda said, we are here to help our, you know, younger generations and promote higher education and offer those resources. And uh, Yilda, uh, I will get your information. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll share it. And um, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on our podcast and, you know, just um, share your inspiring story. And we really hope that those listening out there um, got a good um, motivation out of this because Yilda's story is very inspiring. I know her from high school and like, you know, like we played soccer together. So mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of uh, I feel a lot of um, is it pride? Yes, pride. <laughs> you know that like I get to, you know, see somebody that I went to high school with, like pursue something higher than high school. And, you know, that's making it. So thank you, Yelda, for joining us. Thank and you. thank you, everyone. And we will see you next time. <laughs>